0: You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you.
1: Hey guys, this is Mel, aka The Naked Naturopath, and this podcast is sponsored by my upcoming retreat with Steph D'Souza from MasterChef. We are running Love Your Guts, and it is a retreat from the inside out. It is May 15th to 17th, 2020, and it is all-inclusive. It's going to be held at Cabin in the Clouds, and doesn't that sound beautiful, which is located in Basie. You will be receiving self-care, cooking, meal prep, fermentation, meditation, yoga, and nature walks, and so much more. Steph and I are really excited to bring you this uh, food retreat coming from a different perspective. Uh, than a normal retreat, I feel, when it's super, super food-based. And we're going to teach you how to do it all at home and we'll have lots of little goodies for you to take with you on your way. So you can check it out. It's on my website, mgherbs.com, and you can put a deposit down and go on a payment plan so you don't have to come up with the full amount right away, but it is very affordable. The full rate is $9.95 and the early bird is $8.95, and that's all-inclusive. That's everything you need for the weekend. So I really hope that I can meet some of you and see you there. And please go to the website and check it out. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Naked Naturopath. Thanks for tuning in today. If you are listening in, you should know that this is my 100th episode. Woo!
2: Yay! (laughs) Yay!
1: And if you think this is your first podcast, then you should probably go back and start from the start and listen to the other
2: ninety nine. It's so serial,
1: 99. That's serial of me, isn't it? And I've got a few guests with me today because it is the hundredth uh podcast. We're having a big uh party. What? So I will let them intro themselves. Should we start in alphabetical order? We should.
3: Okay. Hi, my name's Sindra. You have may have heard me on this podcast before uh mel and i just discussed i've actually been working with mel for like five years so it's our fifth birthday and
1: the hundred hundredth podcast hundredth. birthday hundredth well the whole time this podcast has been alive you have been with me yes yeah. so it was only fitting that i had you yeah, thanks and your beautiful husband thanks for having us. and my beautiful husband
3: on the podcast it's like a double date uh in Yay. um recording With food, with food, and cocktails, healthy, (laughs) healthy cocktails, dragon fruit, healthy cocktails. cocktails. So a little bit about me, Uh, I am one half of Conscious Couples, which is with my husband who is just sitting across the table from me. We are relationship coaches and we help couples transform their relationships. We help them deepen their communication and have better connections with each other and also have hotter sex, which obviously everyone wants in their lives. Uh, I'm also a yoga teacher and... I do some coaching of my own around self-worth and self-care as well. And yeah, I'm happy to be on the podcast today, being kind of on the other side of the podcast not hosting it because we also have our own podcast
1: called the relationship show it's nice to have you on for the hundredth spot because we can talk about sex and that's yeah. super exciting mm-hmm. it's very so exciting so it's like a big party and important
0: mm-hmm. i feel like my mm-hmm. intro is going to be very <laughs> underwhelming <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sorry i'll um,
1: so some for
3: you
0: um, so alphabetical order yeah. correct yeah. 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 cool You're so just checking. Right. <laughs> hey luke here um, i am the other half of conscious couples And also a relationship coach. Uh, And yeah, I am the co host of Cindra and I's podcast, The Relationship Show, where, like Cindra said, we try and um, talk about all the things that aren't being talked about in public about when it comes to relationships, whether it be sex, conflict, um, sexuality, um, the body. All of the things, and yeah, we've got a bunch of great episodes out there. I think we're up to thirty now. So if anyone's interested in uh, talking about relationships, opening their mind a little bit, then go and have a listen to that. But yeah, Sandra and I have just started up um, Conscious Couples, and I'm really excited to get going on that. And I'm really excited to be invited to be on the hundredth episode of uh, The Naked Naturopath.
1: And What's last but not least,
2: I'm Sam. So I'm also a coach. I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, um, through the Czech Institute, but I'm also an exercise physiologist. Um, I'm I suppose the tag along for the for the ride. Usually my lovely wife does the does the talking, but maybe I'll impart some wisdom about exercise and nutrition, But maybe maybe not. Yeah, I uh, think you will. We'll see.
3: <laughs> we'll definitely
2: see. Yes. So yeah,
1: so then that's us. (laughs) (laughs) So you have four hosts today on the Naked Path. So if it becomes a little muddled, just rewind. Don't hit the. You know how you can times it. You know, don't Don't hit that today because you're going to have four voices talking at you. Real quick. Yes.
0: (laughs) So I've got got a friend that actually listens to our podcast on the way to work, and he turns the speed up so that he can fit it in mm. on the way to work.
1: I always turn the speed up.
2: Like get the. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, I've never, never done even, it. I've never even tried it. I'm lazy. I don't do it.
1: Yeah. I do. I, I reckon it's the best. It. You know, I want to get everything as quick as I can. Double so
2: information.
1: You could definitely put Joe Rogan on two times speed yeah,
0: and, and get spend, through it. Friend <laughs> listening to it. Dreamy,
1: <laughs> <Just laughs>
0: dreamy.
1: <It's fun>.
3: Dream <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I reckon we start with podcasting just mm. just as like a you know warm up. Yeah. Because three out of four of us podcast, but Sam has been on my podcast numerous times in the past, and if you haven't heard twice. My lovely husband. I think you've been a modeler twice. Mm
2: -hmm. Maybe. You can go back and find those as I
1: recommended 99 to catch up on. (laughs) Um, So, like, tell me why you guys started podcasting. Well,
0: it's one of those things um, I feel like um, if you've got something to say and you want to get a message out there, at the moment, um, either social media or podcasting is the way to do it because it's free or most of the time it's free. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Um, people are into it. It's very popular. And, um, yeah, it's just a matter of um, marketing it a little bit so people know about it. And if you've got something to record it on and you put it up on one of the services, then you've got a podcast. So if Mm -hmm. you feel like you've got something valuable to say and there might be an audience and wants to hear it, then you do a podcast. Mm. And we have been having, since we met, um, a lot of conversations where we got to the end of the conversation and thought, holy fuck, like I wish we could broadcast that conversation to the world. That was like, mm. that was really um, opening. I had like so many shifts just within that conversation and I've never had that conversation before mm. and I don't feel like people are. So we we said at the start, I wish to do a podcast and we fluffed around about it for ages and it's kind of vulnerable to put yourself out Absolutely. there. Because there's always, you know, especially
3: what we talk about yeah yeah
0: so um yeah it's it takes a bit of bravery to actually do it mm. um knowing that there's always going to be the crabs that try and you know pull you back into the yes. bucket
1: yes there's always the review section
0: yeah and, <laughs> yes. um, and there's but that's also the beautiful thing about it is that most people that are conscious about how they spend their time if they don't like it they just don't listen to
1: it yeah. mm. and
0: there's so many podcasts and out there. And there's no harm there.
1: done, right? Yeah. No way. There's so many yeah.
0: podcasts out there. If you listen to something and you don't like it, you jump on find one that you do like. So yeah. that's kind of the the git bit that gets you over the vulnerability mm. of I'm just going to get this message out there because I feel like there's some people that need to hear it and if they You like
1: have it, something to share. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing because like, um, like you said, it is free and super accessible and as a naturopath I always felt like maybe there was a limit to what i could do in that consult with someone and there is quite a cost when it comes to naturopaths especially having had our you know private health fund uh, yeah. removed yeah. in april last year which is um something that will hopefully be back by the end of the year yay but it takes the cost away it takes the risk away and i felt like if somebody got to know me a little bit more and got to know what i was about and realized that you know maybe i'm not uh crazy white witch or yeah or that I wasn't going to you know I wasn't going to tell them they have to go off all their medications or whatever it might be like people have lots of fears around an alternative Mm -hmm. medicine it's like the fear
0: of a chiropractor that you can't see him and he's going to tell you you need to come back every day for the next yes
1: yes those you know those things that we've been told our whole lives like those fears that are instilled in us whereas if we're in Germany for example like naturopathies they go to medicine mm. and you, I think even still now, you have to be a doctor to be a naturopath. So it's integrated. It's completely integrated. So I felt like a podcast for me, the Naked Naturopath would allow people maybe an insight into who I was and what I'm doing and then they could come for a consult. But also for the people who were sitting across from me, it would add to what I could teach them. Because mm. as a naturopath, as a nutritionist, you're an educator. Yeah. As a health coach, right? You're an educator. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're teaching people uh, some tools that they can choose to use or not.
0: Yeah, Mm. and it's like the whole idea of abundance in that if there's no trade secrets, like if you're not holding things, all the good stuff back, Mm. just when people are paying for it, there's that fear that, well, I don't want to give service away for free. But if you show people the value in what you have in the information that you have, then they're going to be more likely to come and pay you for you know, some one-on-one more personal yeah. stuff. Like, mm. Sam, I'm sure you've seen that in your world that if people come up to you and say, you know, you know I've got this problem and you give them some information on it, they're going to be more likely to come and pay for your services than mm. if you said, oh, well, you like to book in.
2: They see that value there. already. Yeah. yeah, I think there's some there's a, a really value add in, in giving goodwill um, in terms of educational knowledge and... Anyone worth their salt will value that and then repay that with a follow-up consult or or further investigation on their part. So I think it's a really important part of teaching in in that education can be free and should be free and there should be no trade secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think it's been really important for us too because, um, especially in the last few episodes, we've started to dive into some topics that are not spoken about and need to be spoken about. For instance, we recently did an episode with a friend of ours who has um, struggled with and has overcome um, vaginismus and that is just not spoken about at all. Mm, And on actually on both the last episodes that we've done, we've spoken about how sex education in school has just not served us at all and people are struggling with like, painful sex, but like, we're not educated around that. So Mm. we've actually had the privilege of being able to share that information with our audience. And it's been really powerful. I've Mm. had people Mm. come up to me, um, that I teach or, um, that, you know, I've come across in the public and they're like, that episode, like really resonated with me. Like I've been there and I didn't know about it. And I didn't know that anyone else had the same Stuff going on. So for us, it's all about opening up a conversation as well around um, stuff that isn't spoken about.
0: Yeah. And I think that, like, po- the best podcasts that are, the ones that I really like um, are the ones that are just conversations. And then the information that you get out of those really good conversations between people is when you really have those aha moments and mm. the insights in yourself, when you mm. hear somebody humanizing. Like, you know, a naturopath is talking, you're not always talking about what you do in clinic. Yeah. You're often talking to people and through that conversation a really great bit of natu- naturopathy information will come up um, that, you know, if you were to just do a podcast on this, it's podcast <clears throat> for the information that I know as a, you know, naturopath, it's different because it's a humanised yeah. version of that information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like I really like some of the other versions of podcasts, like the true crime stuff and all of that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, the the best ones are just when they're just really good conversations and that's great when you can – when you start to connect with people through the podcast and the Mm. conversations, other people want to come on or you ask people to come on and whether they've heard of it or not, they'll be keen to sit down and have a chat. Yeah. But I first heard about your podcast on – is it The Health Guys? Yeah, wellness oh, the wellness, wellness guys. guys. The wellness yeah, guys. Yeah, you did an episode with them and Damien. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was after My that. Best. I was like, I got to book him, Mel.
1: Yeah. Right. cool yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's what I, I hope that it is. You know, like if you're open and honest and you're authentic, <clears throat> then the people who need your help will be attracted to that, right?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. It's funny when I first started podcasting it was very much like it's very different to what it is now and i've watched i've looked at the evolution of the naked match path because i used to do it weekly and that was i found that it was just too much pressure for me Mm. and then went to fortnightly and then have had ups and downs even with that um as cindra will attest to because she's emailing me going, where's the podcast for this fortnight um but When I first started, it was very much like I'm going to sit down and I will talk about uh, this particular herb or I'll talk about this particular condition. And then it kind of evolved into what was happening for me or what was happening in clinic or what was happening in life. And when I started doing podcasts about my pregnancy, that was when people really kind of – I I heard from people that they were listening Mm. and that was in clinic and it was at at the gym and it was in yoga and they were like, I heard that podcast that you did – Um, how you were feeling really low in the first trimester. You had like seven weeks of severe morning sickness. And I've been there and I didn't like, you know, I had those feelings and I didn't realize that, you know. That's what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Or that other people had them. And then I did a podcast on like postnatal depression. And I had like even just three off the top of my head, three ladies come to me and be like, I heard that podcast and that's what I'm, I'm two, I'm three, I'm five years after childbirth and I'm feeling that way still. So, yeah, it was really great to kind of have that connection with other women, other mums who were struggling. Mm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You just don't know who's listening at the end of the day. I know that we have listeners in the States and other areas as well, but... You just don't know who needs to hear the
1: information as well. Like you just don't know Isn't that amazing it, but like that yeah. somebody in the in the US is listening to you guys yeah. just natter away on a Tuesday night? I have no to, idea
2: how <laughs> that <to, laughs> <to, laughs> <to, laughs> <to, laughs> our, our
0: pajamas. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it is it is
3: cool. So you just don't know who's listening and you just don't know who needs to hear the information at um, that certain time. And who knows? Like it could turn their life around. It could give them mm. hope. Like yeah. you just don't know. So yeah. that's a cool thing about doing podcasts, I think. And yeah, it's just it's just a nice to kind of put it out there. And
0: yeah, and it's like you said, Mel, before we started recording, that um, you're like, oh, I don't know if anyone listens to this. Yeah. But then we have the same experience. You said, oh, somebody comes in a clinic and says, oh, it's like you said on the podcast. We'll go into the gym and somebody will come up and. Um, it might have been like a really touchy subject that we've recorded on and afterwards we're normally like really energised and pumped but also you're like, oh, it's going to trigger some people. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and how how are they going to respond? Yeah. Yeah. But then somebody comes up and says, oh, my God, I really needed to hear that. That was amazing. Mm. Thank you so much for doing that subject. That needs to be talked about more. And you're like elated and you'll hear that a bunch of times mm. but then it might just be that one comment or Absolutely. a view that's negative that just tears you back down yep. to the ground yeah and you've really got to like just radically accept that what you do is not going to be for everybody no. but mm. there's more people getting value out of it than there isn't
1: yeah and I, but i might do a podcast topic for one client i've got in my mind mm. and i know that it will add to their consult or their experience or their life exponentially if they only listen mm. but it's it's that one client I have in my head who I just want to maybe have the opportunity to speak to more or have more time with them, yeah. which isn't really like it's not necessarily realistic when you're in clinic yeah. and you have back-to-back, you know, clients and um, things are busy and, and that's fine, but I will have them in my head and sometimes that will be like that, you know, reason for that podcast.
2: Mm. I think um, that's a really good lesson as a clinician in terms of the client that's sitting in front of you, is the most important person in the room or the mm. world at that point, and every time you see a client, or every time you speak to a client, or every time you educate, um, that one person is super important, and that's the only thing you should be thinking about, mm. and that's giving your whole attention the whole time, whether it's paid or not, or or not. Um, it's a really good lesson in in teaching and education. Um, To develop that and that's a really nice segue into podcasting in terms of I suppose developing that uh, connection with the audience as well
1: well I did a podcast one of my first podcasts was like on um I think one of the first ones was detox but definitely one of the first like 10 was on soy and I just had this Mm. run of clients asking me about soy and so I was like, I'm going to do a podcast on it. And then when they're in clinic, I'm going to go, hey, listen to this podcast and let's go let's get on with whatever else they've yeah. got going mm, on. You know, yeah. Let's talk about your other health issues. But if you want to know about soy, here Use is like, yeah, here is a 30-minute podcast yeah. that you can just go to in your own time and you can listen to and hopefully that will guide you. Yeah. And I don't have to waste their time. And mm. like I said, you know, naturopathy is an investment. So um, spending that time on some... Really important needs for them is yeah. That's and what I started. for a lot of people,
0: it's a lot more digestible. Yes. To listen, listen to a half hour snippet of information of content. Yep. On the way to work, than to sit down mm. and if you don't like reading or you're a poor reader, then to get sent a link to an article. Yep. And, yeah. And read the article, and it's personalised because it's your voice. You're mm. their clinician, and you're hearing it. They're hearing it straight from you, but they are paying for the, you know, the more deep dive into what's going on. That's free content, information to educate. Yeah. And then the clinic time is really to personalise the treatment for them.
1: Yeah. Somebody once said to me that um, whether it's a meal planner or like I put somebody on my two-week detox or whether it is the podcast or my cookbook is probably a really good example, it's like that person gets to take a piece of me home with them. And if they're one of my clients then like hopefully they'll enjoy that um you know (laughs) they get to listen to my voice a little bit longer or they get to take that piece of me home with them and that was a huge lesson for me in acceptance that you know that people wanted that Mm. for starters but that um that would benefit people as well so I guess the podcast is just adding to that you know I've built that trust and rapport with them and they get to take that extra bit home with them which is beautiful. It's such a privilege.
0: You guys might be able both of you might, Sam, and um, (laughs) might be able to speak to this. When we both recently did um, a course to go towards our coaching business, they were talking about um, screening clients that were going to be um, applicable to your services. Mm. And you guys, I guess, have a first level of screening in the fact that people pay to be in the room with you so for the fact that they've already paid for that initial consult they're already in they're already part way invested they've they've made a commitment and an investment monetarily and time-wise to go to that appointment yeah so I guess you um, have broken down an initial barrier, the fact that they're sitting there, mm-hmm. but do you still, both of you find some resistance to maybe somebody's told them that they should be there oh, yeah. or <laughs> that, you know, a doctor said, go and see Sam, he's brave, he can help you, mm-hmm. but they might already have an, another layer or barrier up to them accepting what you're telling them. Do yeah. you find that, Sam, in your what you're
2: doing? Yeah, I suppose through exercise physiology with Chronic disease um, and exercise. It's it's really interesting the level of PTSD or or anxiety, the the mental and emotional issues that that resound ar- around uh, clinicians in general. And there's a, a point at which money is a barrier, um, but having those open and honest conversations about that does filter out um, the the clients that will be committed long term Mm -hmm. Um, and having the confidence as a clinician to value your time and value your your patients time um, is really important I've had clients that I've worked in the industries where there's been for want of a better word free consults for the client and they don't value that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's real worth in in paying something as a client because you value it. There is a value towards that. Um, but having the confidence as a clinician to, to be upfront, to be forthright and to value your time um, will only benefit them, um, whether they see that at the time of the consult or when it's three or four months down the track after you've seen them multiple times and they relieve themselves of whatever their ailment may be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a really interesting journey, um, but it's very worthwhile.
1: You have said to me, like, he'll come home and say, I had a client today, you know, they got um, what is like an EPC, right?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> or chronic disease management plan yeah. or a – So
1: they get that from their doctor, which yeah. means that they may not have to pay depending on the service or they may have to pay a small fee. Yeah. And right. they come to Sam and they're quite maybe aggressive is, you know, the word, maybe have their barriers up mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. My doctor told me to come. It, it was free and so I just, I'm just here. And you have a way with people that is really unique because you just say – like you, you're pretty chilled and you like this, you know, water off a of duck's back kind of thing. And you're like, let's see what, well, let's just see. Let's just see. And you're super open to just allowing that person to have their own space and to go at their own time and to give them things that are achievable for them because I think a lot mm. of people come into an exercise situation and just think I'm not going to be able to do it, especially yeah. mm-hmm. if they are chronically overweight or they're injured.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. And the interesting thing about exercise is, the the value of exercise is super important. It is. Uh, I kind of live by the philosophy of exercise is medicine. Um, and, but it's it's not a, a passive thing. It's definitely an active um, pathway, and people often see clinicians, whatever denomination you might be, um, and they expect results um, by turning up. Yeah. Yeah. And exercise, you need to do the work. And and I've always been taught and I always tell people, I'm a tool for change, I'm not the change. You need to embrace this as part of your life, whether it's um, inch by inch or or leap by leap. Um, It's... It is a hard barrier to, to break, yeah. um, but the clients that that do <coughs> uh, accept that or are open to those um, moments, um, we definitely see huge results with, yeah. yeah. I, think,
3: I think it comes down to a lot of things, but I think mainly it's just fear. Mm. It's just, I think, A, it's fear of what it might be, but it's also fear of what they might Like how's their life going to change when they can actually move better? Mm. Because they've been in this kind of like um, victim or like that kind of scenario for sometimes years Mm. and then they come to one of us and then they're like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're defined by it, right? Who will they be without? Yeah, who will they be without that story? And, you know, like if they come to us, it's like, Mm. oh, I've been in this crappy relationship for however long what's it actually going to be like when mm. I'm actually in a good space in that? Like, what's it going to be like been I can there, move? Yeah. Have
1: you
3: mean that? Yeah, 100%. And this it's is, scary. Yeah. It is because it's like you, you see your potential and you're like, well, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to do yeah. that.
0: Yeah, but it becomes part of your, like you said, your exactly. identity, identity yeah. story. Yeah. And when you have been mm-hmm. stuck in mm-hmm. that for so long, whether it's chronic um, pain or mm-hmm. injury, mm-hmm. whether it's chronic health, situations that you've had poor gut health or you've had autoimmune situations mm. building up efforts you've had a string of poor relationships because you got hurt 20 years ago and you're holding on to something then or I've seen it in the addiction realms um, in rehab facilities where people come in and their doctors have sent them to um, rehab because they've been on they've had chronic pain and they've been on very strong painkillers, and it's to the point where their liver it's so much that their liver is going to carpet or their kidney is going to shut down and their doctors have said, it's no longer that you're injured, it's that your body can't process Mm -hmm. what you're putting into it anymore. And people would turn up exactly like you said, Sam, and they'd say, I don't know what I'm doing here. My doctor told me that I had to come because he won't write me any more scripts anymore. But I've had chronic pain for 10 years and I've obviously got an injury, so... Um, I don't know how this can help me mm. and um, often a really key question to ask is what does your life look, look like what does your life look like in 10 years if it doesn't change mm. if you continue and a lot of the times it's like death
1: You know,
0: yeah. like I will fall over and hit my head and die or I'll take some much medication that my body will shut down or my autoimmune disease will go on and cause detrimental illness and you could say what what will your life look like in 10 years if we can change that if we can ease your chronic Mm -hmm. pain if we can fix your gut health or if we can um you know help you with your addiction or your relationship issues let's talk about what that would look like and is that something that you'd be interested in getting towards and changing Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously. So then, that's when you can start to break down the barriers of their story serving them. Because often that identity and story is serving them in some way. In I can't can't exercise because I have chronic pain, or I can't eat anything because everything makes my guts Mm -hmm. horrible, or I, I can't date anyone because they all end up hurting me or taking advantage of me. Yeah, and often it's breaking down how it's actually serving them and. What their life can look like if yeah.
1: that's not the situation anymore. Next year, I've been a herbalist for ten years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so like I look back now, and I I didn't even realize until I went to this conference recently, and I was like, oh shit, I've been a herbalist for ten years, and I was like, like what have I learned? And what I've learned is that when that happens, not to get too excited mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. then you have all of the following. Uh, mountains to climb mm. essentially which is really cool to be on that journey with anyone but there's always like this new barrier to change even mm. if it's good change mm. and so like i've learned to really get to the like get into the nitty-gritty with people about like i had a client who had chronic chronic pain for five years and she came in and she was like um i don't have any pain anymore but like this new thing started I was like, so, wait a sec, hold on. You don't have any pain anymore. You know, and she just kind of like our normal becomes our new normal really quick. Yeah. And she kind of skipped over like this. She'd had this bladder pain for five years, Mm. Mm. chronic, chronic bladder pain that was really impacting her everyday life. And it had gone. But then this other little issue was creeping in Mm. there. And it was just, it's just really interesting to see that, be on that journey with people and, and see that, you know, and I've learnt to really get down into the questioning so that I can maybe help people see that huge change that they've overcome or um, that huge barrier that they've beat. But I know that there's going to be other ones, you know, like along the way and the same for addiction, right?
0: That is, yeah.
1: If somebody is willing to cut back on their alcohol, that's awesome, that's great. Like I do have this little party inside of myself and I'm like, yes, you know, they've done so well. But there's you know, there's bound to be setbacks. Yeah, and
0: Mm. yeah, sometimes people switch the witch for the bitch. Or (laughs) what? (laughs) (laughs) Well (laughs) well, (laughs) you You solve you solve one problem to find a problem yes, elsewhere. And I yes. heard a really cool anecdote. Um, it's a little bit
3: our, um, sexist, babes. I'm
0: so I'm very sorry. It just came to me. <laughs> sometimes these tools come out of your tool bags when you need them. But <laughs> that's right. there's um, I've heard a really cool anecdote the other week, and it was every level has a devil, mm-hmm. and when yeah. you when you level up or you get past one thing, mm-hmm. there's always. Like um, they talked about Crash Bandicoot. Did anyone ever play Crash Bandicoot when you're a kid or game, any, any of those games? 100%. And you'd get to the end Always. of all Mario Brothers, you'd get to Super Mario, you'd get to the end of the level, and at the end of every level, was there was a baddie that you had oh. to beat. And when you got to the next level, the next, <laughs> the next baddie wasn't easier to be, mm. it was harder. Mm. So every level has a devil, mm. and every level has, like, once you overcome a challenge, it doesn't mean it's all easy and breezy from there, but it means you've got the lessons and the tools knowing that you've been able to overcome something really difficult so you're confident
2: that, all right, well, yes. I know that this is going to suck, but I can do it because I just did that. Yeah. yeah. I think experience is, is is an amazing part of human development. and
1: If you're willing. If you're willing to yeah.
2: reflect on that experience. Um, I know when I was 20, I was ridiculous but now as a 31 year old i know that i've got so much more to go because i know that my experiences between now and when i'm 50 will change my perspective wholeheartedly. yeah and i think being conscious of the fact that your experience doesn't define who you are right now um it only reflects on what you might be able to do later um but you don't even know that, which is, which is beautiful. It's a positive and negative in the same token. Um, I'm probably rambling now, but no, thinking, no, oh, that's, that's amazing.
1: Um, I don't know like about you yeah. guys, but when we first met, our first year together was like so tumultuous mm. because we were kind of pulling and pushing and working it out and uh, there was this enormous amount of love but there was also this enormous amount of change and trust and, you know, we had to work mm. through all this stuff because mm. we both mm. came with baggage, mm. you mm. and I, and then every year gets easier and, you know, better, but with new challenges, you know, because we're now about yeah. two-and-a-half-year-old, so that's yeah. like, mm. that's a challenge in itself. Yeah. But, yeah, like, you just – it's you learn from it, right? Yeah. If you yeah. learn to learn. And
0: those previous challenges have prepared you to know yes. that you can yeah. apply yourself and get through mm. it. If you actually – like radically accept your situation mm. you know, not very yet. and not vary in the same. Be like, yeah, this is just another challenge, yeah. and, and I apply myself to it. And then,
1: yeah, yeah. We've always found the biggest thing with that is communication.
0: Absolutely, like oh, even when it's
1: so so difficult,
0: <laughs> yeah. like you just mm. have to
1: fucking talk
0: yeah. about
3: it. Yeah. yeah, we non we nonstop ramble on our podcast about how how important it is to have confronting conversations. So, in those moments where you are struggling, like Luke and I had, like most fucking blissful six months of the, the first six months we were together and then all this fucking shit started to happen. <laughs> and like there was a point like there was a point where I was like I don't know if I can do this it wasn't um specifically internal it was external things that were happening and um it was only because we stayed so mm-hmm. open in those moments mm-hmm. and we actually had some really fucking challenging conversations where I at one point was like I don't know if I can live with you because, um, I have two beautiful, um, step I was like, I don't know if I can live with you and the kids in this mm-hmm. situation. Like maybe I'll have to move out. And we we're talking about, maybe I'll have to move out. Maybe we could just see each other when the kids aren't there, like all kinds of stuff. And that was mm-hmm. fucking hard for Luke yeah. to hear from me. Like, I don't know if I can live with you. Like we're yeah. just about to get married, but like, don't know if I can live with you because it's really fucking hard.
1: And mm-hmm. we had some really, really confronting and conversations that's but such a difficult like difficult situation but so common now too mm-hmm. so the fact that you guys are kind of out there talking about it is really cool i yeah.
2: remember
1: the like there's a really specific moment that i remember where i was like i don't know if i can do this and we're i'm sitting on the balcony i remember where i was sitting on this black lounge, <laughs> and you came home from work and i was like i don't know if i can do this and i said that to you mm-hmm. and just by saying that opens up this whole new world of like just talking about it and mm. working it out and well, it working takes it through.
0: The, takes the power yes. of worry mm. and anxiety away from it if you can just put it out there into the universe. Mm. And sometimes even just having that concern or thing that's on your mind within a relationship out in the relationship in that little universe doesn't have to be fixed.
2: It doesn't have yeah. to be
0: like addressed right at that time but just to be able to say, hey, um, something's not working mm. and I need you to know that and I'm really struggling mm. and that's where I'm at in my head rather than because otherwise I've been there where I'm like, are you all right, babe? Is everything all right? Do we need to talk? And you're like. <laughs> Shut and you, up. And, so and, up. And, 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 and you're like. And other, everyone's laughing because the they're like,
1: yeah, we know exactly what. Right.
0: The, the other person's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You're like. Yeah, cool. I'm yeah, fine. Cool. I'm cool. fine. It's never fine. <laughs> that's the answer that you wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but you, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not the right answer. You know that they're not fine. Yeah. But that's what you wanted to hear so that you can get to bed and wake up to go to work early the next morning. Yeah. But then the mm-hmm. next day, you know that that wasn't the true answer, so you come home again, you're like,
2: you're up, oh, doing it short. is everything okay?
1: Yeah. And then you just become annoying. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it is really annoying. But it is really lucky,
2: annoying. But yeah. 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 But isn't it interesting, those watershed moments, the the time on the balcony for us, or those little watershed moments, three, four, five years down the track, how insignificant do they feel? Hmm. But they they're a stepping stone to where we are now yeah, yeah
1: mm. they directed mm. us yeah you mm. know
2: but now that moment is
1: well it was so big at the time mm. no but it's still significant for me mm.
2: okay.
1: I, like it's really significant mm. for me because that was the mm. shift yeah, yeah. that meant yeah. that, that, that we could go course. on yeah. yeah you know yeah. it was like a shift will we stop or will we will mm. we go yeah. like and it was like a green mm. light versus the red light you know mm. and we were in like yellow yeah at the time and yellow is like i hate yellow uh, and yeah. i suppose
2: that it comes back to what luke was saying in terms of just acknowledging that moment and addressing it at the time yeah and if it's not cleared up in that moment that in that present time then address it when you can or when, yeah. when it's and it's
3: the thing is yeah if you don't address it in that moment though it just um gets bigger and bigger and mm. bigger and mm. bigger until it comes a like are we going to break up moments like, you know, big. yeah, it just, it just kind of becomes more momentous. And I've 100% like before I was with Luke, um, I really was terrible about talking about about my emotions and about having these open conversations because I was scared of like, um, letting the other person down or like scared Mm. of like not being right or not being good or like all those kind of things. And, with Luke, we just went in really hard, and we just Ooh. said up front, like, "I don't wanna f I'm not want to. I'm not going to fucking bullshit you." And yeah. we both said it. And I said, "If you something's bothering me, I like you need to tell me. Like, tell mm-hmm. me, even though I know it's going to hurt me, yeah. and even yeah. though I know I'm going to feel like shit, and I really want you to tell me." And we said that straight up front, and we'd actually both read, um, just read that Mark Manson book. The name's escaping me right now. Um,
0: everything is. The Subtle, light of not the a subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck.
3: The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. We both read that. Yeah. And then we're both like, nah. Like, because in the book he tells this really cool story about, you know, his wife comes out in this new dress and she's like, hey, babe, how do I look? And he's like, looks terrible. <gasps> oh. But I was like, I want you to be that person. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want you to bullshit me because that just builds this. Um, obviously, there's times when, yeah. you know, <laughs> obviously there's times. Like, am I, like, yeah, but I. It's an anecdote,
0: right? It's an anecdote, yeah. 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 But,
3: but I, uh, it builds this false
1: sense of truth, which isn't good. If you can't trust your number one person in, yeah. you know, the person you've chosen in your life to spend the rest of your life with or to, you know, to spend the most amount of your time with. you can got to trust that person or you can't lean on them or like I'd always say to Sam, you're my rock and I want to be your rock as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. because maybe I was rockier when we first came into this. And so you are very much my rock, right? Yeah, and right. I was like, now I want to be your rock. And that situation on the lounge gave me the opportunity mm-hmm. to be your rock. And that was such a huge thing for me. And I was yeah. like, yes i got this (laughs) i can meet this you know i can provide and yeah yeah, and i can be there yeah i
0: I guess what i meant when i said um like yeah even if it's an issue is said and it doesn't have to be solved in that moment um the power is taken away Mm. from that huge amount of emotion behind not saying it so part of that is the first part key to a successful relationship i think is communication And the second very close part to that is owning your reactions. So what I meant by maybe it's not needs to be solved right in that moment. If somebody says something in your relationship that um, triggers you or you have like a really emotional reaction to it, a lot of us roll through life unconscious of our emotional reactions and that's just how you're brought up as children. Mm-hmm. Often, you know, you have an emotional reaction, and your mum says, "You know, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't, mm. you know, don't hear your brother, or whatever." <laughs> but um, you're not told, you're not taught to be conscious about your emotions and your reactions. And it's really key, I think, in a relationship when it comes to communication. If a partner says something to you that is really triggering, or you're having a reaction we're not all perfect, we're all mm-hmm. going to have emotional reactions and it might not be until after that you come to it and be like, holy fuck, I didn't mean all the stuff that I just said, where did yeah. that come from? But then being able to own up to that and mm-hmm. being saying like, I'm really sorry, that was a really emotional reaction. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just have some time to process what you said and maybe like, whether it's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes or tomorrow, like I just need a day to have. I think about this, like especially with something B, like yeah. I don't know if we can do if I can do this. That's
1: massive. Mm, yeah.
0: Obviously if you walk up go uh, I can't talk about this right now, I'm
2: gonna yeah. go we'll
0: do that tomorrow, you would feel massively shut down in that situation. But to be able to hear all of the information, all of the things that's concerning you and being like, um, thanks for talking to me about that. Um, I'm not exactly sure what to say mm. right now to it, but can I have ten minutes to think about it and come back or just owning that reaction and not being reactive. Yeah. Mm. Um, And it's part of the path to own your actions of still having reactions but being conscious afterwards or during those reactions of being like, this is a massive trigger, this is a massive Mm. emotional reaction, this is something from the past or whatever. But being able to notice that, whether it's in the moment or post the moment, And knowing that you can do a little bit better. Yeah. Or communicate that a little bit better next time. Mm. So, yeah, that's to me is step two in like an important part of a relationship. is Owning owning your emotional reactions and your reactions to things.
3: And the thing is you choose choose people who trigger you as well. (laughs) Like we choose our partners because... Uh, they are going to provide us with an enormous amount of growth. Same as the same as like we choose our kids, we choose our parents, not consciously, but like if you believe in, you know, souls and stuff like that, you know, we choose our families before we come onto this earth. And I believe anyway, inhibit our bodies. So we all are always going to choose people that trigger us because they also allow us then opportunities to grow. Mm. So, Yeah, sometimes you're like, fuck, (laughs) (sighs) you're so annoying. And then I'm like, hang on, this is something in me that is an opportunity for me to examine and like kind of look at myself and understand why that's annoying and what what it's bringing up in me. And a lot of people don't want to do that work because it's Mm. hard and you have to take responsibility of yourself because everything that we have a problem with, is actually a problem that we have with ourselves. Mm. Mm. There are no problems outside of ourselves. Mm. Because if we were just roaming around this earth on our own, we'd have no problems, really, except maybe like trying to find food. But... You know, we, we'd, <laughs> we'd have yeah we'd, but we'd have no problems yeah. emotionally because we'd be like do,
0: do, 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 do. Yeah, you would life got, is good like that rock. i don't want that rock there yeah,
3: yeah i'm gonna move that it rock's the worst.
1: you know like so awesome. <laughs> it's interesting because when like when we had all those shifts in our relationship i started to really look at myself and be like I think I feel like this, but that's not actually how I feel. Mm. Like I should be hurt. I feel hurt. I'm going to make a big deal because I'm hurt. I'm going to cry or whatever it might be as a girl, you know, like we we cry. Like that's our go to. And then I was like, actually, I don't feel like that. There's something something not right or I don't feel good about it, but I definitely don't feel the way I think I should feel. Mm. And there was like this huge kind of growth period, for us. Mm. And I don't know if you felt like that.
2: Yeah. I, I think at some point I've said to you, uh, <laughs> there's something wrong. I don't know what it is, mm. but there's something wrong. Mm. And that invites conversation mm. or delving deeper into
1: And then we can work it, it out those, together. Yeah. 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 Mm. And when we're talking about all this stuff, is this, like, because one of my big questions for this podcast for you guys is what is a conscious relationship, right? Because that's something that you guys are endeavouring to assist people with and teach Mm. people and educate and bring to the party, I guess. So is this what we're talking about? I guess so, yeah, Yeah,
0: 100%. Um, And it's it's not like magic like this conscious relationship i feel like people people are like oh conscious relationship no magic
1: is you come to the naturopath and you lose weight yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. you take you know you just come for the consult and then you you lose weight or do you go to the
0: exercise physiologist with chronic pain and then it's
1: gone gone. all all of a sudden you can do muscle-ups and we're not (laughs) sorry we're not like making fun of that yeah but yes no nothing is i have a i have a mentor she's a naturopath she's a herbalist she's been around for like 50 years and she has a magic wand in her in her Um, draw yeah so I'm sitting there I'm like a new grad student and she has this dude come in and he's like I didn't take the herbs they made no difference and she's like well how about I get out my magic wand and I'll wave it for you and like I was just cringing on the inside it's not my approach yeah that's very much, you know, this, yeah. this clientele that she would get. And, she would, yeah. and he just cracked up laughing. He's like, you're right. I haven't even taken the herbs. I haven't taken the supplements. I didn't do any of the dietary stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nothing has worked. And she's yeah. like, Great. well. Yeah. And you're yeah. lucky, you know, I would be worried about getting punched in the face. But <laughs> um, yes,
0: you yeah. go. But it's basically what we've just spoken about is communicating when maybe you really don't want to communicate. Mm. Or you... Um, think that it's going to be a confronting conversation and radically accept that that could be confronting, but it's going to serve mm. the relationship. Um, and making sure that as a relationship progresses, it's still serving both parties. Um, a big part of it is um, as well as appreciating each other as your rock, being your own rock, mm. you know, loving yourself first so that you can love somebody else, the other person, Mm -hmm. and holding space for yourself and massively for the other person to do that. Um, And, yeah, emotional reactions is a big part of it. And um, intimacy is a huge part of it. And um, accepting, um, radically accepting, uh, I'm big on radically. <laughs> I've probably said it 20
1: <laughs> times. We'll, like, that's... get something that can pick it up throughout the whole thing yeah. and then we'll have,
0: we'll like, have a, like, a, a mashup of YouTube well, where it's, like,
1: yeah.
3: you know. But
0: accepting, yeah. except, like you guys have said, that a relationship evolves over time mm. and that it changes and that you can't pin, you can't carry the past.
1: And that can through. be for good and bad. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Like, right? starting, you each, starting each day new and not, mm. you know, not yeah. carrying the, you know, the hard times, mm. but the lessons from the hard times, taking the lessons mm.
1: out You mentioned something before, Sindra, about like, you know, in your past relationships, um, that desire to please or to be that person's whatever they need. And yeah. I find that as a healer that's really hard to overcome because in our work, and like we're all healers here of yeah. some kind, um, it's just a traditional term for an educator or like helping people to get through stuff in life, right? Yeah. Um I just find it's really difficult as a healer because you are always there to provide what that person needs. It becomes very difficult then to distinguish like you know what mm. you need.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's a
0: difference yeah. between yeah. codependence and empathy. Yeah. yeah.
3: I think mm. I think it's really important for us to do our own personal work as well as work together as a couple. That probably helps that I feel mm. um also, having our own time and space separate from each other is important, and I think that really plays into that. And then the third thing is like love languages, which I know that you wrote yes. down anyway. But knowing Kelly's drawn all over, uh, me, but it's there. I like your <laughs> illustrations. <laughs> uh, knowing Luke's love language, I don't really have. I don't really feel the need to please him because I know how to fill his love cup up. And it's pretty easy. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, he's he's his physical touch and words of affirmation. Like, mm. that's um you know, that could just mean like, he loves when we're eating dinner, if I just put my legs over his lap, like he mm. loves that, yeah. you
1: know, or he loves it. Mean, Sam would be like hitting mine away. Yeah. But he loves if I just,
3: do, yeah. So like, isn't words, I mean, it's touch. <laughs> touch me, touch yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but if I just say, hey, babe, I really appreciate it. Like, I really appreciate you. Like, I really love you so much. Or if I send him like a nice little message during the day, I know that's going to fill him up. Mm. So I'm Especially not scrambling. It's,
0: like, when it's, Dead set, genuine, and with yeah. the intent of connection,
1: yeah. So
0: not yeah. just the love, not, not, emotic- not emotic- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I got to be more well, a heart. The whole thing, with, like with love languages, um, you have got to be doing it. And when it comes to anything in a relationship, you've got to be doing it for the whether, right Whether reasons. it's like time for yourself, you know that you're doing that for the connection in your relationship. you that's yeah. when you don't feel guilty for taking. And I, when I say time for yourself, I don't mean driving to work yourself I mean like taking some time for Mm. yourself and you know that you're not just doing that like you're doing that for for your universe you know you're doing it to build a connection with your kids and your wife because if you can't turn up as your best self for you Mm. you can't turn up as your best self for them and it's the same with you know words of affection or acts of service if it's acts of service then it could be you know cleaning the toilet but you're not doing that as a manipulation to get brownie points you're doing that for connection,
3: yeah, for the good of the relationship. So it's
1: like, yeah, you're not just doing it. So they say, oh, baby, such a good like, blah, 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 you know. So it's not just like a nice text after you have a fight because you feel no, no. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's <more> yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing it because you think of them during the day and you're like, oh, I really yeah. love that stupid husband of mine. Like, yeah, the best. exactly. <laughs> and I think that maintains
3: you not getting burnt out as well, mm. trying to please the other person. Because you know you know what they need and you kind of start to tune into when they need it as well. And it becomes this really nice awareness piece of like observing your partner and like seeing when they need certain things or seeing when they need fucking space or mm. seeing when you need space. And that is the number one thing that I teach like when I coach and when I run my like self care workshops and stuff is like. You need to prioritize yourself. Otherwise, you can't give even like look at the other person because you start to resent them. Yeah. So having your own time, whether that's honestly like a five-minute meditation before your partner gets up or whether that's taking the kids to, um, you know, like the creation, doing a gym class or a yoga class, oh. just that little piece of time to fill up your own love cup. Mm. So then you can fill up other people's, like that is the
1: most important thing yeah. really. And See, ours has been exercise all along. Yeah. Like we met in the gym. Yoga's yeah. now my my thing mm. and it's totally yours. You Like I just give you your space to go out and in the gym, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes. Mm. Like if you go out in that shed and you take your barbell out and you do your thing, you're like, you know, you're this
2: Different person. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: yeah. you go a little differently. Yeah, for there's something me,
2: about you. Yeah, for me relationships have always been a, an addition um, formula compared to a, a multiplication. It's like one times one is one, but one times point 0.5 is point 0.5. Mm. Um, so it, you need to give that time to yourself to give yourself wholly to another person. Yeah, and I, I suppose that's the only time that. Uh, our relationship has erred on the side of terrible is when we haven't given the time to ourselves and we've thought we needed to give time to the the other person in yeah. the relationship yeah. when really we need to look internally and yeah. say... Well, and
1: then it's like so overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and the biggest yeah. part of that,
0: like, men syndrome weren't, you know, we didn't start relationships in the point that we're in now. Like, it's taken a lot of lessons. Like, I was in a 10-year relationship and I've gotten to where I am now from the lessons that I learned from not doing the best job in that relationship and just learning from it. And the biggest part that I learned from like relating to what you just said then, Sam, Mm. is my judgments when I was in those points of, you know, I need to to give them more time, not worry about myself right Mm. now. But then the resentment that I would um, judge them on mm. was a mirror of the resentment that I held for myself for not actually prioritising myself. Yeah. And that's the whole mm. thing that project perceptions are projections. So what you perceive will, is what you will project on your partner. So if you, And if you're not communicating, you don't have an accurate perception of mm. what's going on. You're, just, yeah. you're judging. Mm. And that judgement can always be shown back at yourself. Yeah. So that's where the communication comes into a conscious relationship because you can have accurate perceptions, well-informed perceptions instead of mind reads. And then your judgments are mirrors of, and you you know that your judgments are mirrors of yourself. And if you're good within yourself, then the mirror is going to be mm, good showing yeah. back. And
2: that's that one plus one is two. Yeah. Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: I think it's really interesting though, the, that reflectiveness um, can also teach you when a relationship is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about good relationships with, that we've got right now, but those same um, reflectors and those same um, points of um, communication to yourself really develop your instincts to say this is wrong yeah this, mm, is wrong. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. this mm. isn't right it's and just
3: as important as this decide. is right yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely yeah mm. totally
3: yeah. and also just i'm just going to put this in there as well like we're not fucking perfect either mm. God, <laughs> like why? just because you have a conscious relationship doesn't mean you're like Doo, do, 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 do. it's like all rainbows and butterflies like we butt heads all the time we have the we have confronting conversations all the mm-hmm. time like we've just started a business together so Luke's very detailed orientated. I'm very big picture. So um, he's like, we need to wear insurance, and I'm like, no, we need to like make a marketing plan and this and that. And uh, so you know, like it's it's a conscious relationship. It's an ever evolving relationship. Yeah. I believe that, like, look, we're married, but it's not a standstill. Like the marriage isn't the end point. The marriage mm-hmm. is the beginning. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's it's ever evolving. It's constantly changing. We're open to the fact that we may not be together forever. We're open to the fact that it might not work. We're open to the fact that it might change. Like we um, are open at the moment. We, it could close. It could, who knows? Like we're, we're just open to what it will be and we're present in each day and we check in regularly about what it feels like and um, how we're feeling. And that is just, yeah, communication is the key and being okay with it not being perfect because life is messy. Mm. People are messy you know, relationships are messy and there's no perfect relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. So a,
3: stop trying to get it.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the best quotes <laughs> I've ever um, been told was um, everyone's batshit crazy, and you've just got to find someone that you can tolerate yeah. and yeah. put up with. Yeah. Yeah. And you put up
1: with their crazy. Yeah. yeah. put up
2: with <laughs> yeah. their crazy.
1: But that makes yeah. my like final point that really ties into it, right? Because that's what makes a fun relationship. Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to go on that roller coaster with that person and work through it and communicate and go through the ups and downs, like my big thing this year is I'm going to be more patient. Mm. Mm -hmm. Sam and Callie were both sent to me to teach me patience. Yes. As much as I don't want to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, you know, it's five years with him and two and a half years with her. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants me to be more patient. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's ever, ever, ever working. You know, it's ever ongoing it's mm. not it's not a yeah it's definitely not a standstill and i love that it's the start mm. Mm. and it always feels like the start for us mm. you know? like which isn't not to say we haven't got anywhere but no. yeah there's just always something to learn you know yeah there's more there's more to yeah come. oh my god there's so much more yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's
0: exciting yeah, yeah.
1: and that's yeah. the
3: fun right yeah. yeah and that makes it interesting and it makes you want to keep going yeah as well because mm. you're like oh it's not going to be the same old. it's going to be different
0: yeah and it's like you know Imagine getting your very first job that you ever got, and being told this is what this is the job that you're going to have J- like, <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, you know, Macca's and members, Hungry Jack's? Domino's. Domino's, yeah. Kramer,
3: <laughs> it was a big W. W. Excuse <laughs> me. I mean, can you imagine
0: being told like this is what you will do? You will that's do this cool. one job. That's cool.
1: if you want to, but
0: yeah, yeah but... <laughs> it's okay if you
1: do. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: okay. And some people like um, yeah. that mindset that, that that is exciting to them. That constant.
1: Yeah, you know, that's jam, that's cool.
0: But I feel like that's not my jam. Mm-hmm. Like my jam is to know that things will be different, things yeah. are going to change. Like that's mm. fucking exciting. Yeah. You know, if that's the challenge. That's mm-hmm. life to me. Yeah. And I've been in a relationship um, where it was like I did put myself in the mindset that this is what I have to do. Like mm. I'm doing it and I just need to do this well for a really long time and that will pay off and that was my mindset and it didn't work for, for me. Mm. And now um, I just embrace that change and that challenge and mm. like not ha- not being attached to an expectation of like an, a particular end point mm. that the end point is unknown mm. it is exciting.
3: Yeah. And it's the cool. end point of your podcast is unknown, I guess, cuz there's 100 it. episodes in the in the back. Yeah.
0: Is there anything particularly that you wanted to talk about? Before the end of your hundredth podcast, other than you going to the toilet,
1: <laughs> I do. I do need to wee. No, I reckon I love my podcast because it's come like it's come from a single me talking into the computer mm. to like having you for here or having guests from all over the world. Most yeah. Yeah, and then last week I, you know, I did my own talking to the computer again, which is always kind of really grounding to come back to and be like, yeah, that's nice. I still can do that. Um, So it's ever-evolving. Like, Mm. yeah, and I love that and I love when people write to me, and say can you do a podcast on this yeah that's my favorite oh, that's thing i want to know what
3: people <laughs> yes. are here because yeah.
1: the thing about podcasting i've said all along is that like you're just talking to yourself
3: yeah unless
0: you yeah. have somebody there like, there's one person that's willing to put their hand up and up, say yeah oh, i'll ass. do it and there's guaranteed I'll to do be more it. That thinking that but haven't said it yeah.
1: yeah i had like a couple email me about um you know pregnancy and the cesarean and, and stuff that uh, had happened to them and I just will never forget that and I did a podcast on it and it was I loved it I had to do loads of research on it because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't something that I knew heaps about and it was great so mm-hmm. yeah. I really enjoyed it I reckon we should have some dinner yeah,
3: yeah all right
1: let's do it if you want to listen to
3: our podcast uh you can just search the relationship show on itunes or spotify and if you want to know more about luke and i our instagram account is at conscious couples coaching
2: yeah where can we find you sam you can find me at nowhere I'm, I'm not on social. At work. No, but if, yeah. if somebody wanted to, come to see cool. you.
0: Which is cool. Somebody yeah. wanted to see you for exercise physiology. Was well, and I?
1: Yeah? We worked together for a really long time, and um, we grew a lot in that space. And then, you know, for the last what, twelve months, you mm. went and took like a, a real human job. Yep. <laughs> a yeah. big a big grown up job. Consistent, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, it's no. been fun. You can still find information about you on my website,
2: actually. Correct. Mgherbs.com. Yeah. 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 I still I still can do some privates, so you can yeah. you can find me at mgherbs.com. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Awesome.
1: Yeah. Thanks for
2: having us. Bye everyone. Bye. 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 If you like what we
0: do here at the Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and Mgherbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MGHerbsOfficial. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on the naked naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional.